Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Finding Fertility. Welcome back to another Closer Today clip here on Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I am here to help you get through the BS of infertility one inspirational clip at a time. We are in our epigenetics month. I am super excited about this. I hope you guys are enjoying learning about epigenetics. So my little rant rave today about epigenetics, um, we have covered a lot on this podcast especially in the talk show about that our unborn children are untangible right it's um, really hard to you know do the work day in day out for something that we don't necessarily feel like we can hold or touch Um, you know IVF is you know seemingly something that we're doing we physically feel it every single day sometimes in a really bad way Um, and we feel like we're doing something but when we're actually um, you know taking care of our health and our mindset it is definitely a much slower progress Um, but what I always kind of like to think about especially with epigenetics is that when your child is born as a mother you do the best possible we all have down days or make stupid decisions Um, you do the best possible for your child's health you you know whatever that looks like for you Um, and I really feel like we need to get into our brains that doing the best for our children's health actually starts from the moment that that egg and that sperm is being created. And that is um, really hard to get into our heads because, like I said before, it's intangible. Like, it is like you know, sperm and egg um, are really highlighted in the IVF world. Like you kind of feel like you have a lot more knowledge about it because you actually, you know, for me, I saw my embryos go back into um, my uterus Um, on my second egg collection. I was awake and watched them take the eggs out of my ovaries. Um, So you do feel like it's a little bit more tangible. Um, But when you're taking care of your health, it just seems just like magic right like a little harry potter scene um but if we can kind of get into our heads that we are to the best of our abilities um i am not talking about perfection here but when you are you know doing the right diet for you finding the right lifestyle for you reducing all your inflammation as much as possible you are actually starting to build your child's health right then and there and if we can get that into our brains and keep our why really close to our heart it makes all those you know hard times of doing diet and lifestyle a little bit easier or it helps us to make those better decisions you know I always was like what's more important to you right now a glass of wine or a baby because that right now is the choice you have to make in your life So I really hope that that helps you understand a little bit more of the power that you have over your child's health before they are 
So if you are ready to really get down to the nitty-gritty of improving your health, even figuring out some unexplained infertility or getting the support of linking your autoimmune issues to your infertility, um, I've got a few one-on-one coaching spots left for February and March. So give me an email or go over to the website findingfertility.co to have a look at what you get within those eight weeks of one-on-one coaching it's amazing it's life changing and yeah we set you up for major success in so many different areas of your life and your journey today's clip comes from matt Riemann. so without further ado here we go determines our future us god the universe or what determines our future Genetics, evolution, our environment. One day about eight years ago, I woke in excruciating pain. I couldn't breathe, I couldn't move. At the time I had two degrees in applied human sciences, was teaching doctors internationally and treating Olympic athletes. I thought I knew a lot about the human body. So it was after many humbling years of consulting the leading gurus in science and medicine that couldn't help me, I realized there were some big limitations in what we knew about the body. This led me down one of the most interesting rabbit hole journeys you'll ever hear about, and led to the concept and the creation of what we now know as PH360Me. That's a talk for another day. So what was I left with after all this? A genetic diagnosis of amyloid polyneuropathy, a mutation in my TTR gene, very rare. Average life expectancy 10 years from onset of symptoms. Mine were eight years ago. So is my life, is my future predetermined? Do I get to have a say? Or is there a way we can change or control our own future? I want to talk about the concept of controlling our future. To understand this concept, we must first understand who we truly are as humans. We're scientifically proven to be unique. Not one single one of us are the same who we are, the state of our body and our mind is a reflection, is influenced by our genes, made up of our DNA, and the things that influence the expression or the activation of our genes or switch them on and off. We call these things epigenetic factors, epi meaning outside. So things that influence our genes from the outside. So our genes plus our epigenetics equals who we are when we look and think in the mirror. We're our phenotype, or you. Let's talk about our genes for a minute. We often don't consider we have genes for our many physical features. We have genes for our eye colour, for our hair colour, for our leg length, for our finger length, and so on. And when these genes become activated, we become who we see in the mirror. So who we are when we look in the mirror and what we think about there are many different genes that are activated at any particular point in time, which we call our phenotype. Now, our phenotype gives us direct insight into our health status. So who we are and how we look can tell us about our health. How does this work? Well, if we think of our physical traits, how we look, as a direct insight or reflection or projection of our internal health, then we may observe that if we have 
striations on our fingernails. We may have deficiencies of certain minerals such as zinc. We have gums that bleed. We may have a heightened oral acidity level or even sympathetic nervous system. We have our index fingers that are shorter than our ring fingers. We may have increased levels of certain hormones like testosterone. If we have our earlobes that are creased and attached to our heads, we may actually have a different type of tissue collagen quality compared to others. And all of this has been demonstrated through science. So our body on the outside is a direct reflection of how healthy we are on the inside. Our body on the outside is a direct reflection of how healthy we are on the inside at any given point in time. And so the question becomes, does this change? And of course, the answer is yes. Our cracked lips may disappear as we increase our levels of vitamin B2 and omega-3s. Our hair may stop falling out as we start to normalise and balance our vitamin B7s and essential fatty acids. Our skin may become smooth as we start to normalise our levels of salicylic acid. And our eyes actually may appear to change colour as we detoxify our digestive system. So if we now know that our health deficiencies can be reflected in our physical traits or how we look, we now know that as our body changes, our health changes. As our health changes, our body changes. More profoundly, as our body is changing on the outside, our health is changing on the inside. And so the question becomes, what causes these change? What creates this change? What's actually hard-coded in our genetics that may never actually change? Like our short or, or tall legs, our broad or thin shoulders. What's plastic and changeable? Like the strength of our muscles, the sharpness of our vision, the size of our waist. And what can influence these changes? Or more profoundly, what can influence the activation of our genes that show up as changes in our body? And the answer to this is extremely complex, yet very simple. It's our epigenetics, things outside of our genes. And so if we think big, think of our epigenetics as our environment and our lifestyle. It's the food we eat. To eat gluten or not to eat gluten, that is still the current question. <laughs> it's our social environment and interactions. Are we relaxed? Are we stressed? Are we happy? Are we depressed? It's our indoor spaces. It's our dust, our mould. It's air conditioning. It's a natural light or our dark spaces. It's our outdoor places. It's our climate. It's the toxicity. It's the allergens. And our environment, our lifestyle. It's the exercise we do or don't do. It's our career, our jobs, our natural talents, our hobbies, what we do with our time. It's the sleep we get or the lack of. It's our mind or lack of. That's our spirit. And so these epigenetic factors, things outside of our genes, can actually influence the expression of our genes. They can literally switch certain genes on and off. And so if we now know about our epigenetic factors, the fact they can influence the way our genes are expressed, which can then change our body shape and our features, which can influence our health on the inside, is it possible we can now control our own health? 
can we manipulate or rebalance these epigenetic factors to improve or deteriorate our own health? Can we think small to create big change? Or can we think big to create small change? Or more profoundly, can we control our own future? And to answer this, we need to look at how we can quantify our phenotype or measure ourselves and our features. And to answer this, we need to call in our wealth of knowledge in many different areas of science and medicine. Anthropometry is a scientific study of our body and its specific ratios, linked to literally hundreds of peer-reviewed journal articles and scientific studies, showing clear links between our body shape and our risk of disease, and hundreds more linking our body shape and our physiology, or the function of our brain and our body. Embryology, the scientific study of our biological development from preconception through life, clear links between our organ development and function, our brain physiology, our body biochemistry, and the external environment. Endocrinology, looking at the science of how hormones can influence our function, our behaviours, our emotions, and our disease. It can tell us if we're more likely to be someone who's a happy person or more trusting if we've got high levels of oxytocin. More likely to be depressed if we've got lower levels of serotonin. Physiology is a scientific study of our body, our systems, our cells, and their functions. So identify clear links between our heart, our brain, and our gut, and can help empower and offer insights to quantify our health biomarkers for our personal health. Molecular biology and biochemistry, looking at the interplay and the interactions between our DNA, our RNA, our protein, and other functions of the cells. Very, very critical for our advancements in knowledge in precision medicine and to help with the resolution of chronic disease in the future. Neuroscience, helping us understand how each part of the brain works, what tasks they're responsible for, how they communicate with each other, and how this can influence our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviours, our emotions. Chronobiology, the science of our biological rhythms, studies the impact of our 24-hour light-dark cycle on our biochemistry, and therefore on our thoughts and our behaviours. Geomedicine, looking at the effect of one's personal environment, looking at the wind, temperature, local allergens, but also population environment, looking at disease epidemics like SARS or swine flu, looking at an instance of disease according to geolocation, looking at toxicity in our waterways. And I could go on and on all day. So how does this all integrate? What does this all mean? Well, if we can actually start to take the links and measures and correlations from all these scientific fields, we can start to piece together an accurate representation of our phenotype, how we look, think, act and feel. And so if we think small, we think of our epigenetics with our science and medicine brain, these little epigenetic marks that can determine how each specific bundle of DNA and protein, or histone, can actually be made accessible and inaccessible for the cell to activate each gene. If we think big, we think of our epigenetics as our environment and our lifestyle. The very things that actually determine those chemical reactions at the microscopic level in each of our cells. This poses a profound question. Can we actually know about the activation of our genes without even sampling our genome? 
And if we can know about the activation of our genes, who we are, or our phenotype, without even sequencing our genome, is it possible that we can decipher a personalised formula for optimal health? And could this be made available for the entire population to help solve the global epidemic of chronic disease that exists that's affecting over 3 billion people I hope you guys worldwide. enjoyed that clip. Um, remember, down in the show notes, you can find the links to the talk. It's over on YouTube, and all the speakers' links are there too. While you're at it down in the show notes, I know you can leave us a rating and a review over on iTunes. That would really greatly help the podcast out. Um, yeah, show your love for us. Let us know what you want to hear more of or what we can do better as well. Also, hit us up on IG or TikTok. Let us know that you're listening and loving our episodes. It would mean the world to us, and you know how super interactive I am on both of those platforms. And that is us for today. Um, I really hope you're going to enjoy and get inspired by all of our epigenetics clips this month. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on Friday for an episode of Finding Fertility. Have a beautiful week.